my conversation with ex-UCLA basketball player Mustafa Abdul-Amid was so thrilling and attention-grabbing that I did not want to put it all in one timeline and turn it into just one episode on the podcast. So I broke it down into two segments, and this is going to be part two, where we look at his current whereabouts, what he's up to these days in the entrepreneur world, and also he's going to share some behind-the-scenes stories on encounters with Russell Westbrook and Darren Collison, his former teammates. So you will enjoy that. Let's start the interview. And, of course, I'm Brian Fenley, and you can always find me on Twitter, at Brian Fenley. Let's get to the fun. How would you articulate what you're doing now outside of the game and what you're doing with Boost and other entities and, and pouring in your energy in that way? Yeah, so uh, the most fun. So I started a company while I was still while I was still playing, um, and we've learned and changed. And you know, in Silicon Valley speak, we've pivoted and on and on and on. Uh, what we're doing now is it's, it's sports analytics. So we're looking at two dimensional video. We use computer vision, deep learning to extract data from that video, and then we take that data and then we tell. Um, we, we create narratives and stories and visualizations like, to take that data and make it useful for a player and team evaluation, right? Uh, to me, that is just a layer of seeing a sport, a game, and understanding it at a deeper level, and then taking all of that and communicating it in a very simple way. Uh, you can, you, you talk about algorithms, for instance. We've done a lot of work with, um, uh, policing, police bias, community policing, all this stuff and data. You can take these like crazy black box deep learning algorithms and you'll have thousands of factors and you build these complicated models. And in the end, who can understand it? Nobody can use it. The heuristic, the simplification of that thing to deliver to someone that they can now take it and use it that's where like the mastery comes. So for me, like what we're doing with analytics is taking a game, which is supremely complicated. Um, what people's brains and bodies are doing is absolutely incredible. And then you throw in the tactics and strategies, taking that, like taking all of this and like really mapping it and understanding it and then taking it and simplifying it and giving it to a coach, to a player, and being able to communicate it in a very simple way. So we take data, capture unique data, and machine learning algorithms that produce insights. We take those and we automatically generate them into text so that you can understand like, hey, uh, these, these are Brian's tendencies. This is how he thinks about things. These are the trends in the lead, on and on and on. So for me, like I said, the thing is the same. The principle is the same. The application is slightly different. It's all the same. And is that is that the coup, the company Boost you're working with? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So it's been a lot of fun. It's also been fun to build a team. We're about twelve to fifteen people right now. Um, engineers. We have a PhD in in astrophysics. A PhD in signals processing. We got some awesome engineers. My co-founder is a multi-time founder. She's exited from a company, and now you're putting that together. You're solving a really hard problem with limited resources and you got to figure out how to make that team work you've got to manage those people you've got to create processes around it 
it's just like a team. And I found that to be really challenging and really enjoyable. Uh, building a culture, it's been a lot of fun. So it's been, a, it's been, for this, it's been a cool experience. Uh, that's what we've been doing. Spend most of my time on LinkedIn. Mustafa Abdul Amid, just dazzling on the court, off the court. He's going full court press with his <laughs> life, even though he's not playing anymore. It's, it's fascinating. And he's got the, the mental firepower to do anything. And you can see how that belief in himself and his thirst for learning has led him to just this wonderful journey that has brought so much learning and has given him so much to tell others about and to teach. You really are a teacher. I, 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 cause I, I just, I think that you have so many different stories to tell and what that does is it enriches everybody around you. And I don't have like a, an actual meter, but I think my IQ during this interview went up like 10 points. <laughs> That's funny. You know, I, uh, my wife and I, my wife is far more impressive than I am. Um, but we co-taught, uh, at the university of Washington, um, they're not teaching this quarter. Things are kind of, kind of funny, but we taught last quarter and, uh, together, uh, in their high school, informatics school. It's kind of like design. Um, and teaching is really, really hard. And so that's something I can tell you at UCLA, which was really cool. There are a couple of professors and teachers that teaching just is so undervalued and something that I realized, uh, I got a whole lot to learn, uh, to take these complex things and simplify them and, and reach and reach people. But that's something I'm really, really grateful for. I remember had a couple of professors there, uh, in particular, one who was my global studies mentor for my thesis. And these folks, they're amazing. And so I think we really need to kind of, kind of give an applause for them uh, as well. It's something that I think gets forgotten. You're also a father, which is, something that has and I'm not there yet but has its own challenges and mm. has its own set of reasons for someone you should all we should all admire so uh you've got that at your arsenal as well a, a two-year-old and in a future a UCLA basketball star <laughs> maybe <laughs> Mustafa Abdul Amid, thank you, Mustafa, for coming on. And I'd love to do this again. I, I, I don't know how you have the time. I mean, you have a two-year-old. You've got a wife. You've got a, so many different projects you're working on. Let's just say I'm grateful to the T for having you as, as long as I was able to have you on a night like this when you have a whole lot going on. Really appreciate you. I appreciate it, man. I hope I didn't go too far off. I, I didn't start talking about any astrophysics or theoretical math, so you got you got lucky. I didn't I didn't really start tripping out, man. Uh, but I love these conversations, so I appreciate it. Uh, the, the time to chat with you. We are going to use that what you just said as a tease for the next episode uh, of the Mustafa podcast, where we will no, well we <laughs> talk about that stuff because I'm sure we can find a way to relate it to basketball. Oh, absolutely, man. Careful what you wish for, yeah. man. You, you got to go to bed. It's like it's getting late. <laughs> well, that and now this gives you some some things to marinate in your mind a little bit to think about for the next time you have time for this. We'll have some some deep thought with Mustafa and how astrophysics influences basketball. Oh, man. Get your oh, popcorn ready. Oh, uh, yeah, gravity, man. I'm going to leave you with one story before we sure. end. I don't know if this one's been told, but everybody always talks about – you know, what was it like playing with Russ and Darren? And this sure. is why 
those teams were so good. I remember when Russell and I were freshmen. So me, Russ, James, Keith, and uh, and uh, Nikola Dragovich were in the same class. And me and Russ were cool. Like I really like Russ, but I was trying to play, and Russ was trying to play. And so I would see Russ coming out the gym. And he'd see me going into the gym, or we see each other on sand dunes down in what was that Manhattan Beach. And so we wouldn't work out together then. We were like, I was like, all right, Russ, I know where you've been at. I know what you're trying to do, right? <laughs> Clearly he, he did his thing, right? Uh, amazing work ethic. But I tell you why those teams are so good. I remember walking into the training room and Darren Collison is a, is, a, is a great person. But here's what happened. Russ and I, freshmen, walking into the training room. Darren Collison opens the door and me and Russ, what's up, D? You know, opens the door, Darren walks through, doesn't see anything. And I'm telling you, this was a moment Darren was saying, like, hey, like, I run this, and we can be teammates, but you are going to have to come through me if you want to play ball. And I think like, some people may say, like, wow, that wasn't a nice thing. I don't mean that at all. Darren and Russ, in, in fact, they became particularly close. Darren was a great influence for me as, you know, as I earned it. But that, to me, is something that I don't know how it exists anymore. But man, like the toughness of those guys and the competitiveness is something that should not be forgotten. And that was when I and I woke up and learned, it's like, hey, if you want it, you better go and get it in anything you have to do in life. And and, and DC and, and Russ, like that's why those guys were great. So. so they had like these roles that were established on the team. You knew exactly what Darren was supposed to do because he told you. He told you ex- right? Is that right? Yeah, it, well, yeah. I mean, he tried to make it clear, and I also tried to make it clear. I don't care, D. Like, I'm coming to get you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like if we had to go to blows, it didn't matter. I mean, we didn't. But that's why he was saying, like, if you want to be like wear these letters, wear this jersey, if you want to be on this team, if you want to try to come at me, you better come and get it. And I think that is a healthy way to do it. That's the right way to do it. Because once we started playing, now like Darren's going to have your he had your back. He was going to support you. We were teammates. Same thing with Russ. But you had to like, you had to show you could swim. And I think that's a. I think it can be a good thing. I think there's a two sides of that. That uh, I hope it, I hope continues on at that at that program and that kind of toughness. And uh, it looks like uh, Coach Cronin, is, you know, is establishing that type of type of toughness right there. And uh, I'm excited to see the future of UCLA basketball. I think there's a little bit of similarity. You would know much more than I would, Mustafa, between Ben Hallen and Mick Cronin. Just a little bit, maybe, just based upon principle of, of toughness and being, you know, a defensive menace out there. Mm-hmm. I, I can see a little bit. I can see a little bit of festering. Yeah, for sure. Coach Hallen was like, the strategy wasn't anything complicated. But again, he took something very complex. He made decisions. He was extremely well prepared. And he said, this is what you're going to do. And in practice, we are going to be very competitive. Everything is a battle. And he executed on the, on the court. You execute that defensive, aggressive uh, sort of philosophy or tactics and, and see if the other team can handle it. And most of the times, you know, coach was always about, you know, pressure and pressure in the right moments. He, he'd trap in the funnel. He, he'd trap on the blocks. And sometimes you take a, you, you know, you take a, a beating, but most times, other other folks, other guys can't handle it, especially at the college level. This thing is so frantic, you know. You, you can really rattle guys and speed them up. Um, 
so it's toughness and it's smart power, I think, is where you, where you want to go with it. With all the seriousness of, of playing and having the pride of being a UCLA Bruin, talking to James Keefe, it sounds like off the court you guys also had a lot of fun. Were you involved in, like, these Madden, like – yeah, they Back were better than I was. That's when I stopped playing. Him and Russell <laughs> stay up all night. And he had this, like, James told me he had this, like, band that you, yeah, where no, he could, James like, draw plays. So, so James takes everything to the next level. Like, we, when we lived in we lived in this place on the street called Ronwood, well, right by 405. And they're very nice apartments now, but it was raggedy when we were living in. But James, so there's, a, there's a upstairs, three upstairs bedrooms. There was the downstairs. Downstairs was like, a, it was straight basement. Like, so there were three levels. And this basement was a link to the garage. And it was a fight to who did not, who was not going to take. Like, nobody wanted to live down there. There's probably like creatures down there. And so James, he says, I'll do it. James, it was like a contractor. He puts carpet down there. He's got a universal remote that's like has all of his you know, his ties and his watches. He's got like a television system hooked up down there. He turns the garage, he gets couches, he gets a DJ system. He's got like turntables down there. And it was, it was incredible. That's how James is. So with Madden, it was the same thing. He had his plays, like he was Tom Brady at the time. He's flipping through playing Madden like that. And I said, this is just way too serious for me guys. Like I gotta do my homework. I'm going to call you out with Russ and James. They stayed up playing Madden, and I got it done. I was, I was out doing my homework. Or I had to finish it late because I hung out with them. But we had a blast, man. And uh, did James also tell you that he won all the one-on-one games that we played when we came in as freshmen? He said that he did for the most part. And then, especially with Russell, yeah, he did too. Yeah, yeah. see, I, yeah, I figured. All right, so well. let me hear your rebuttal to this. <clears throat> My rebuttal is that Russ and I wanted to preserve our noses and our like teeth and our ears because James was six nine, out of control, throwing elbows right, left. You playing it? Now who wants to? We'd, we'd be midnight, and you got you know. Where are you playing at midnight? Out. Are you going? Are you are you still in <clears throat> gym, or gym or whatever it's uh, yeah. now? Sack or whatever. Um, yeah, we get up there. You know, there was always a there was always a way in. You could always find me. We go and play. <laughs> You'd, you'd have a bloody nose but like what like i'm not trying to have a bloody nose and there's you know practice or something tomorrow so james uh james won most of those games uh so i ended up buying a lot of diddy reese um james keeps that's right he know. said you bought all the diddy reese <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I did i bought most of it. okay yeah. so R- russ was russ was a little wild then but russ is man Russ's wonderful pull-up, his ability to stop and start was – that's why he knew he was going to be a pro. I, mean, I could tell you right then he was going to be a pro. Nobody knew he'd be this good, but like, oh, yeah, dude was, dude was tough. And James – and James was better than than I think people realize as well, too. And the, the injuries between, I think, his junior and senior year, I saw him going into senior – it was either going into junior or going into senior year, playing in the men's gym. Like the athleticism, he was, he was just, he was flowing. And once that, that shoulder got done, he took away a half of the kid's body. And it really, and it really hurt him. But yeah, those, those early years, man, he was, he was a problem. And a young James before he, uh, 
he also they also made him put on like 40 pounds and the kid couldn't move he had, a, he had like a beard this big and put on 40 pounds and he slowed down once he trimmed back up and he was playing before he got hurt yeah he was a problem i went back mustafa and watched that western kentucky game and i was like that is i think I mean, I think he had like 18 points, 12 rebounds. And that is the kind of game that I think he knows, like if it weren't for the injuries and being in and out of the lineup, that he could have done a lot more of the double-double machine. Oh, for sure. Stuff. For sure. For sure, man. All those guys, man. We, If you look up and down that roster, I know a lot of people, I mean, you see it, Russ is the uh, MVP in the league, right? Darren's been playing or had played for, forever. Aaron, terrific career. Josh Ship was a beast. Like, if Josh didn't have those hip injuries, he, I didn't know how – he was so athletic and just a scoring machine. And I don't think people realize, like – and even in Europe, if, you, if you're if you able to find some of the stuff, he was a born uh, – I forget, his first year in Turkey, and then he played at uh, Galatasaray and some others. Yeah. Like, that's after having, like, two surgeries. That guy was so good. And up and down those rosters, everybody played at a high level in Europe, and they played in the league. Um, and the difference in that is very small. Outside of, you know, like Russell, <laughs> you know, and, and some of that, um, those guys are right on the cusp. Uh, Lorenzo, uh, you know, Luke, all those, all those guys, man, were, were really, really good players. I had Lorenzo on last week and that was so much fun. And we kept talking about, it. I think this might've been before you were there, but the Gonzaga game. Mm-hmm. I and, watched that. I remember watching it. And then I was back in St. Louis. Yeah. And you were like, what were you thinking when you were watching that? That was when I had, hey, I, I want to make sure I get the timeline right. Cause coach always called it the, the correct times, but co- coach called me after that game. He probably called the guys that were on the recruiting list or whenever, you know, they were allowed to talk. Sure. And uh, and he was like, basically, he's like, did you see that? He's like, <laughs> do you want to be a part of that? Yes. And like, are you kidding? <laughs> so I'm sure he called everybody on that, rec- on that recruiting list. There's nothing that recruits better than guys want to go, they want to win, and they want to go to the league, right? And you now got guys who are going to the league, and they're winning? Man, that was awesome. I wanted to be, I wanted to, I wish I was there, right? That was incredible. Luke and Bob Mute, man. Clutch, man. Just clutch. He's so clutch. Yeah. So underrated. And how many guys on that roster you were on all went to the league? I mean, you yeah. were naming them, mm-hmm. and the list goes on. Easy. Drew Holiday, most, still the most underrated. As much attention and respect as he has. Uh, just an incredibly skilled player and was the most skilled player I'd ever played against at that age. The poise and body control. And... Um, yeah, all those guys. And even better people, man. Like Luke and Alfred. Uh, I love Alfred. I remember, oh. yeah, yeah. I had I him mean, on. Just, he was just, so cool. Yeah, I was a good dude. And just just, just even even better people. I, I had a tough time transitioning, being away from home, going through this. You don't play a lot sometimes. You're trying to get adjusted. And it's like you're kind of in the – some big boys, right? And I remember one time, like, <clears throat> just hanging out with Luke and Alfred all day. They buy you lunch, like, yo, I got this, take care of his stuff. I got you. And <clears throat> those little things mean a lot. I would do absolutely anything if any of those guys called me uh, for anything. Uh, it really is. Even even the ones that, that people don't remember as much, or uh, I think 
you know, didn't have as successful careers at UCLA or happy careers, there's still something about it. Like any of those guys could call me and I'd do whatever I could to help them. And that's going more than 10 years since. Oh yeah. And that's the bond. It's that, that Bruin brotherhood that is eternal. It's, it's immortal. And Gosh, I want to do this again, Mustafa. Yeah, this was for sure, so cool. Man. I'd love to talk about, especially I think what I'd love to do with you next time is like get more into those those final four years and mm-hmm. just the day-to-day, the rigors of practice and traveling with the guys and experiences on the bus and all that kind of cool stuff. I'd mm-hmm. love to love to have you on and, and talk more about that. Well, that sounds good, Brian. I appreciate it. It was a, it was a good time to, to reminisce and hang out with you a little bit. And uh, you have a great evening, man. And I, I look forward to, I'll have to go back and listen to all these. I didn't know you had all these guys on. I'm going to go back and listen to these podcasts.